tonight, I will forewarn you here as I place soccer with the anointing oil. Um, I'm going to read a lot. So I will forewarn you, I'm going to lay a foundation for us tonight. Something that I believe the Lord has divulged to me in my time of prayer. And something I believe that will encourage but yet challenge you. So I may, I may be in teaching mode for a little bit. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if he goes into teaching mode, that means you've got to stay awake. I won't stay there too long. I'm going to try to speed through this because, listen, I know what it's like to hear lectures. I'm not here to lecture you. I want to teach and, and maybe preach here a little bit depending on how the Lord leads. But I really feel that this is something that the church needs to realize about not only who we are, but in whom we serve. Amen. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, when you find it, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. I won't keep you up too long, and, and then we're going to sit down and, and uh, we're going to hit some verses really quick. If you're a note taker and you want to write them down, you can write them down. But, and then we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5 as well. So both ends of the book. But Genesis 14 and beginning in verse 17 says this, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Cherlamar and the kings that were there with him in the valley of Seve, and with, which the kings dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, you're going to want to underline that name, Melchizedek or Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. He's blessing Abraham here. And he said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So just for context's sake here, there has been uh, a raid and Abram has lost many, he's lost Lot and his family, his nephew and his family. And Lot has went forth in the name of the Lord with these kings and has won a great victory. So Melchizedek or Melchizedek is just speaking blessing over him. And we're going to focus in on some verses there in a moment. But now in Hebrews chapter 5, we read this beginning in verse 6. As he saith also in another place, they're talking about Jesus here, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author, talking about Jesus here again, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all through them that obey him. God called and God called an high priest after the order 
of Melchizedek. Let us pray tonight. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that it go forth in power and authority tonight. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. So we see here in Genesis chapter 14 that we read of a a man named Melchizedek. We go over to Hebrews, and Hebrews tells us that Jesus was called of God to be a high priest of the order of Melchizedek. So we, we, we see this mass space in time, this, this big gap in time, thousands of years in time, but this, this Melchizedek was not mentioned much in the book of Genesis, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the only place he's mentioned in the Old Testament, but Paul writing to the Hebrews here, is believe Paul's writing to the Hebrew church here, and he tells them that Jesus is, is he, he became the author of eternal salvation, and he was called of God out of the order of Melchizedek, or Melchizedek. And you say, what, what is significant about that? I will point out to you in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 14 in our reading tonight, that it says that Melchizedek was a king. But not only was he a king, he was a priest. You say, what does that have to do with anything? I'm getting there. There's going to be a lot of reading here, but I'm building a base and a foundation for what I I want, I, I feel the Lord wants to relay to you tonight. Here's what the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 34. Who is he that commendeth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again, who is even on the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verses 24 through 27, But this man, because he continueth forever or ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Again, talking about Jesus. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to maketh intercession for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. But he did once and when he offered up himself. What you're saying here is Jesus is a high priest making intercession for us. And for such a high priest, he became a high priest on, on our behalf. And that he does not need to offer up sacrifice for sin for himself because he already offered up the ultimate sacrifice which was himself. Hebrews 4 says this, seeing then in verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest that which cannot be touched by the, with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin." 
telling us here that Jesus is a high priest that knows what we're going through. Hebrews 4 and 16, the next verse tells us this, So let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I, I, I want you to just grab hold of this real quick before we move on into some more reading here tonight. So Melchizedek was a king and a priest. And we find here that Jesus is identified multiple times in Scripture as being our high priest. Now let us go into the kingship of Jesus Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 67. This is when Jesus is being questioned by Pilate. And he says, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, Are are the Sanhedrin rather, If I tell you, ye will not believe. And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. And then they and then said all, Art thou the Son of God? And he said unto them, Yea, ye say that I am. We find in John chapter 18 that Pilate is questioning Jesus. And he asked him, Art thou the King of the Jews? In verse 33, Jesus answered him, saith thou, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to thee, or tell thee of me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. So if he has a kingdom... Therefore, making him a king. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto them, Art thou a king then? Jesus Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this and the end I was born. For this I was born is what he was saying. And for this cause I came unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 9, 700 years before Jesus was born. For unto us a child is born, and for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. Revelation 19 tells us uh, that when Jesus comes back uh, on his thigh uh, will be written the King of kings and Lord of lords. So what I want you to understand here tonight is that Jesus is not only our high priest and intercessor, but he is our king. You say, well, I, I know that. I, I understand that. But I want you to realize what comes with knowing that Jesus is your king and your priest. Let me just elaborate for a moment. I want to bring to your attention that in the Old Testament, that there were things that the priest could do that the king could not do. The priests were people that, that could 
go into the holies of holies uh, or the presence of God where, where the presence of God dwelled in the temple. Uh, the priests were, were people that could offer sacrifices of atonement to forgive sins, uh, to offer grace and mercy. They were men of prayer. They were men of worship. They were people uh, that did things that kings normally did not do. They were, if you will, priests uh, were people that brought access uh, to the people to they, they they were a form of access for the people uh, to reach God. But we find that as 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 Israel gets a king uh, in First Samuel, uh, we find that Samuel chastises Saul, the, the Israel's first king, uh, because he got out of place uh, and tried to be a king and a priest, uh, and that's not what God called him to be. He was to be a king. There was to be a separation. This is how we would know it in America, in our government. There was to be a separation of power. There was to be a separation of power. The priests did their own things, but the kings would wage the wars. The kings would deliver judgment. The kings would pass laws and be the political leader and do all these things. They had authority, but that's what I want you to realize. The kings had authority, but the priests had access. And that's what I want to preach to you tonight, authority and access. They were two different offices in the Old Testament, but now we find that Jesus has come to this earth. And and this is what Paul says to the Hebrews. He says, listen, I want you to understand that Jesus has been called to come from the order of Melchizedek, which means that he is a king and a priest. Which means that Jesus uh, is not, uh, there, there is no separation uh, or divide in his power. He is authority and he is access. He is authority and he is access. You say, what, what, what does that mean in my life? I promise you, I'm getting there. You see, on the cross or on the whipping post, he was a sacrifice. But then the Bible tells us that they put a crown of thorns on his head, thus making him a priest that could offer sacrifice. He was the access for us to be atoned, but yet he was the king of kings and the Lord of Lords when they placed a throne on his head. As he hung on the cross, he was a sacrifice. He was, he was, he was a mediator for me and you. He was reaching from heaven to earth, making a way for us to access God. But at the same time, there was a sign above his head that said, Behold, the King of the Jews. He is a king and he's a priest. Let me show you not only in my world but in scripture the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27 that as he's hanging on the cross he, he, he cries out with a loud voice and he, he the, the Bible says that, that, that he gave up the ghost and he died and that inside the temple the veil that hid the presence of God and kept the presence of God from coming in contact with the people was rent okay we see that because of that 
Jesus is a priest. He was granting access for us to get to the very presence of God. But also in that scripture in Matthew 27, the Bible tells us that there were people, when he said that, there were people that were resurrected from the dead. You say, what does that mean? That shows us not only was he a priest, but he was showing you the authority of his kingship. He was he, he was priest enough to die a sacrifice, but he was king enough. He had the authority or the power enough to raise up the dead. So that's the God that we serve. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, that he was the worthy one to open the book, to open the seal, to open the sacred book. And the Bible describes him as the lion of the tribe of Judah out of the root of David. Who was David? David was a king. But we find also in the next verse, in verse 6, that he begins to appear as a lamb that was slain, a sacrifice, thus making him uh, making him a priest. He was a king and a priest. Even in his lineage, his, far, his earthly father Joseph came from the tribe of Judah out of the root of David, thus making him a king. But brother Ken, I find it ironic that on his mother's side, her cousin was married to a priest. All throughout his life, we see king and priest. You say, what does that mean? In the Old Testament, there was this separation, but Jesus was the fullness. And he, for lack of a better term, he created a monopoly on power and authority and access. He's saying, not only am I going to have the power to set you free, but I'm going to give you access so that you can stay free. I want you to realize that with me tonight. But here, here's where it gets interesting. I, I've laid all that groundwork. I know that's a lot of scripture references. But I, I want you to understand who he is. That he has the authority of a king, but yet he grants you the access of a priest. There is nothing off limits for you and God. But I want you to read something here with me. I quoted earlier in Revelation 5, where it talks about the one worthy to open up the book. And it, it talks about how Jesus was a lion of the tribe of Judah. It talks about that He was a lamb that was slain and offered as a sacrifice. But in that same portion of Scripture, the elders begin to bow down and they begin to sing a new song. And this new song says this in verse 9 and verse 10 of Revelation 5. It says, And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, every tongue and people and nation. Thou hast made unto us, or made us unto God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So I want you to just draw the parallel really quickly. So Jesus is a king and a priest. He gives you, through him we have authority and access. But now he says, 
to this earth. You are. The sons and daughters of God. You are kings and priests. Thus meaning you have authority and access. I, I, I want you to understand that with me because Jesus says this in Matthew 28. He says, all, all power and authority has been given unto me. But then He turns to them in the next verse. He says, but go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He tells them in Luke 24 and 49 to go and wait and tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. He tells them in Acts 1 and 8 that you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. So he's telling them, I'm granting you this authority and this power and it's coming through the Holy Ghost. But the Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 that the Holy Spirit is not only power and authority, but He is an intercessor on our behalf. So thus making us kings and priests and the Word of God is showing us that we have authority and we have power. We have authority and we have power. Are, are you with me tonight? Is, I, I, I know it may be boring tonight, but I, I just I really feel that someone needs to hear this because you're dealing with stuff. I, I want you to hear this preacher tonight. We deal with stuff. I don't know if you knew this. We live in a fallen world. This world's messed up. The government's messed up. Governments across this world are messed up. People are messed up. There's drugs. There's alcohol. There, there's all kinds of vices. There's pornography. Uh, all types of lust. There, there, there's all this confusion going on in our world. Uh, and I see people in the church and they're struggling and they're struggling. And, and I've been there. And, and, and we, we, we have these times and these moments uh, in our flesh. And we say, God, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I don't know if I can face this. Uh, I don't know if I can handle this and he sent me to remind you tonight because he is a king and a priest because he has authority and access you have authority and access to the very throne room of God I want you to understand we referenced it earlier tonight in Hebrews chapter 4 he said because Jesus is our high priest he has made a way to the very throne room of God I want you to understand Stand because Jesus gave us access to the throne room who sits on a throne, a king. Because we have access, we have authority. I want you to know you don't have to live in addiction. You don't have to live in the mess that you were brought up in. You don't have to live in the doubt and the insecurity. Why? Because Jesus said you have authority and you have access. He turned to Peter in Matthew chapter 6. 16. And he said, you know what, Peter? I'm giving you the keys. What do keys do? They give you access. And he said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever 
whatever you loose on earth uh, will be loosed in heaven. Uh, so he's saying, I'm giving you the keys. Uh, I'm giving you access. Uh, but he said, I'm also giving you the power uh, to bind and loose. Uh, I want you to know this tonight. Uh, hear me. Uh, I don't know who this is for, uh, but you can speak to that thing that is bothering you. Uh, and you can say, I have the authority uh, and I have the access uh, through Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of God uh, that takes away the sins of the world, uh, the one that has the power to heal, uh, to set free and deliver. Uh, I refuse uh, to be held captive uh, by the addiction, by the depression, uh, by the anxiety, uh, by the fear. I refuse uh, to live uh, just a normal, ordinary life uh, because I am a king and a priest I, I don't know who this is for if they come to the music I, I, I'm, I'm going to close he says listen I'm giving you the keys I'm giving you the power some of you you may be sitting here and you have a I have no idea what you've just preached about. Let me just simplify it. Because Jesus died. And because He rose. And because He sent His Holy Ghost. You don't have to live bound. And, and, and listen, I, I just, just a teaching moment. Been in ministry now for a little bit. Pastor's been in ministry for a little bit. I won't throw a number on it because I'm respectful. It's almost longer than I've been alive. Almost. But but Pastor. How, how many, how, you couldn't count how many people have asked you, Pastor, can you pray for me? Listen, I've been in ministry now for youth ministry now, going on my seventh year. Or, and, and I tell you, I can't, I can't tell you how many times people say, can you pray for me? And that's okay. We don't have a problem. And, and, and I want you to know, if you're, you're a member of this house, or you've been coming to this house, or you live in this community, just know this, we're praying. We pray for this city. We pray for the congregants of this house. You, you may think that you're not being prayed for. I, I want you to know on the contrary. And it's not just me and him. Our wives pray for this church. Our wives pray for this community. There's people in this house that understand my voice that pray for you, pray for this community. That's great. I believe that where two or three are gathered in His name that He's in the midst. And when two or three agree on anything that it can be done. I believe in that. But I want you to realize that there are times that you don't have access to people. But you have to realize that you have access to God. Because so often we'll ask, hey I want you to pray for me. But I ain't prayed myself. Do you realize that's Old Testament? You say, what do you mean? You, people think, well, i got to come to the priest and because the priest or, or the preacher has a better relationship with God than I do, then maybe, maybe something can happen for him that it can't happen. I want you to know you have the very same access uh, that I do. He's no respecter of persons. 
I'm not, I'm not telling you don't, don't ask us to pray for you. Don't, don't take that this way. But I, 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 I want to teach you for a moment. This is, this is about maturity. Don't go through life saying, oh, well, here I go again. Here I go again. Get, 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 get your, your, your feet out from, get your feet up from under you. Stand up and say, you know what? I don't need nobody to pray for me. I'm going to the throne myself. I'm going to be a king. I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to the throne room of God. I'm going to take it in prayer. I'm going to take it to God and say, God, I don't need anybody to pray for me. I don't need anybody to agree with me. But I know what your word says. And your word says that I have authority through Jesus. That I have access through Jesus. And that the gates of hell will not prevail against my life, against my family, against my church. It doesn't matter what's going on. I realize I have access, and because I have access, I have authority. Many will say, well, I have a hard time praying. I I hear it. Pastors heard it many times. I've, I've heard it. I have a hard time praying. And listen, I realize it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The way you pray, the way me and Sierra pray, totally different. It's got to be dead quiet. She's got to, she, you know, she, she's got to, she's got to have it quiet. She's got to, you know, no, no music, no nothing, and she's praying. And me, I got it, the music blaring, the window shaking. I'm up. I'm moving around. Completely, I understand that we have a personal relationship with God. But can I just show you? I, I, I don't know. I can't preach on, on anyone else's prayer life, Brother Ken, but my own. I have bad days. I know that may be hard for you, some of you to believe, but I have bad days. Today, on the surface, wasn't a good day. Part of my job is you get chewed out for a living. It's part of it. Okay? But here's how it starts. God, I'm going to enter into your gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to enter into your courts with praise. God, you're still good. God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for their health. I thank you, God, that they're serving you. They're going to continue to serve you. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my pastor and his family. God, I thank you for the young people, for the elders alike in this church. I thank you, God, that it doesn't matter where I am. You're there also. God, and what you don't realize is you're taking a step closer and closer. God, I thank you that it doesn't matter what I'm going through, that you've gone before me. You're standing beside me and Lord you're even pushing me from behind. God I I realize that it rains on the just and the unjust. There's good things that happen to good people. There's bad things that happen to good people. There's good things that happen to bad people. There's bad things that happen to bad people. God I realize that I don't know what you're doing
nothing. But here's what I do know. is you're on the throne. And I love you. Because no one else saved me. No one else delivered me. No one else healed me. No one else pulled me out of the pit of sin I was in. No one else could pull me up and put me on a rock. No one else could set me on this way. No one else could keep me. No one else could put the breath of my breath in my lungs. No one else could give my my legs strength to walk. No one else could give my voice the ability to talk or my eyes the ability to see. And you don't even realize that you're walking in access and you're getting closer and closer to the throne of God. And when you get into the presence and into the throne room of God, what begins to happen is the king begins to hold out his scepter and he says, they can come to me. They can come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden and heavy burden, they can come to me. I'll give them rest. I'll give them peace. I'll give them healing. I'll give them deliverance. I'll give them grace. I'll give them mercy. Is anybody saved in the house? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know what it's like to be at my wit's end and to cry out to God. God, I don't understand, but I still love you. God, I don't get it, but I still need you. And I don't even realize then all of a sudden I'm I'm caught up in the presence of God and he's healing me and he's making me whole. I want you to know that there is a king and a priest who still loves you and has given you access to authority. Stand across his house. Bible tells us First Peter chapter 2 it's the verse we use for our youth group here it says you are a chosen generation verse 9 but then it says you are a royal not just any priesthood You're not just any priest. You're a royal priesthood. What does royalty mean? Kingship. For the ladies in the house, queenship. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. So let me ask you this. Do you know who you are? Brother Ken, I spent years of my life trying to find another identity. Tried to find it in sports. Tried to find it in friends. I didn't realize that only the Creator can give me my identity because He created me. So who are you? 
Bible refers to the woman of issue with blood as that. The woman with issue of blood. The issue, the issue, the issue. Are you your depression? Are you your fear? Are you your anxiety? Are you your, your, your what, what is it? Are you the addiction that you're dealing with? That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says those who are bought with a price. Going back to Revelation 5, he said, those that you purchased, you redeemed with your blood. He said, they are kings and priests. And he goes on to say in Revelation that you're, that you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Who are you? That's my first question. If you're here tonight and you say, I have no idea who I am, I'm going to ask you to come and pray. But my second question is, you know who He is. As His blood's being spilled, He's your sacrifice for your sin. All the mistakes you've made. He says, I got you. If you accept me, I got you. He's your priest. Because that's what the priests would do. In, in, in the Old Testament, they would go in and, and make sacrifice with blood for your sins to atone, to cleanse. But Jesus, as His blood was being poured out, He was that priest. But don't forget, as He rose, He was that king. Why is it so important that He rose? Because he rose with the keys, the access of death, hell, and the grave. So much so that Paul would write, Death, where is your sting? Do you know who he is? And do you know who you are? Because if you realize you have access through him and authority to, through him, you will walk in your daily life knowing that you have access and authority through Jesus. So if you're here tonight, and again, you're either one of, of the two, you say here tonight, I'm someone that needs to know who I am. I know who He is, but I need to realize who I am in Him. If that's you tonight, I'm going to ask you to come. These altars are open. Don't be ashamed. This, these pla- this altar is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength. And secondly, If you're a person that needs to know who He is, who Jesus is, the one that can break those chains of addiction on your life, those chains of of lust and, and whatever it may be, pride, whatever it may be, and you need to know Him as as that authority, as that access. You need to know Jesus as your Savior tonight. I'm going to ask you to come. You say, well, Pastor, I think everybody's saved. And listen, I'll never, I'll never assume. But I feel like the Lord has laid that on my heart. Do you know who you are? And you know who He is. And if you're neither one, I'm going to ask you to pray. Either come to these altars and pray. Stay at your seat and pray. Stand, kneel, whatever you feel like doing. But these altars are open. Come tonight. Realize what it means to be a king and a priest to have authority and access. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. 
Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life and as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.